You're listening to the Counting Lights Podcast with Chris Dimity and Dan Danzy. Counting Lights Podcast, where comedy and wrestling lock up. And we're back with the Counting Lights Podcast, everybody. Bam! What's going on, Dan? Nothing. Dude, I'm singing on TikTok now. Uh, oh, is that what you're doing? I found... <laughs> you're not even looking at me. <laughs> oh, my God. He's not, he's I don't not making... not look at you. He's not oh making God. eye contact with me. <laughs> No, I saw a friend do one of those like singing duets, and I was like, "Oh shit, you can do that on here!" So I found out, I found out how to do it, and uh, yeah, I've just been singing songs with people. It's making me happy. I haven't. How's that going for you? It's just it's just making me happy. Uh-huh. I like singing. You sing. Yeah. Yeah, but not not publicly, but you can I, I sing. I do. I have, and uh, I'm some church all choir, st- all state baritone, and uh, that's what's what my second scholarship in college was. Well, last time we talked about this, you were just like, "I'm not going to sing for you." Well, I'm not going to sing for you. I'll it, sing somewhere else. You're like Will Ferrell at Step Brothers. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, yesterday we had uh, we had uh, the memorial for Ronnie Kemp, mm-hmm. and uh, did you sing in that? I did not. We uh, we did have. Uh, uh, a somewhat famous singer uh, at the uh, memorial. I did speak and uh, told him a little bit about uh, uh, my time with Ronnie on Earth. And mm-hmm. uh, but uh, it's a, a lady named Panda from the X Factor. And, panda. Yeah. Was it an actual panda? A singing panda? It was not. It was not. It was not. She did a fine job. Oh, okay. She did a fine job. Well, I wanted and, to talk uh, about me, not Panda. Yeah. <laughs> No, I mean but I will, when we have when we have I'll, I'll make you a deal. Okay. When we, uh, when we have uh, Roland Zamorano on here, which I've talked about several times, he's a songwriter mm-hmm. and does parodies and things of that nature. Really good buddy of mine from high school uh, that I played football with and yeah. was in the choir with. That uh, when he comes on, I'll, I'll make you a deal. I'll sing. I'll sing when Ron, when Roland comes on. Why don't we, we do? We do some pretty badass harmonies. How about we all sing? I can do okay, harmonies. All right, cool. Does he know Billy Joel's for the longest time? Um, probably not. Do you know Billy Joel's for the longest time? No. I don't want to sing with you assholes. Then if you don't, <laughs> if you don't know that classic Billy Joel if, banger, if we could probably uh, we could probably work it out a cappella. That's what I'm saying. That's that's the song. That's Billy okay. Joel's for the longest time. It's right. a completely a cappella song. Hmm. The video's kind of weird. It's a bunch of guys at a high school reunion, and then they change into, like, they're walking their halls, and then they change into Letterman jackets, and it gives off this weird, creepy, like, okay. hey, remember when we used to rape girls in the bathroom type of thing? It's a very weird video. I hear people turning the radios off right now. No, no. Anybody go watch this video. They'll see. They'll be like, yeah, Nancy's kind of right. This is weird and creepy. Because it was like the 19- I remember it. I remember it. Yeah, it's the, the 80s. Yeah, late 80s. In yeah. the 80s, they just did shit in music videos and didn't I, think anything I, of it. I Grew up when I grew up. That's what movies were about: guys trying to get another in girls' pants. Mm-hmm. And yeah, how difficult it was, and trying to talk them into it. Like any movie, it could be a golfing movie, and the, go- <laughs> <laughs> the golfer's like, "I'm sl- oh, gotta get in her pants." We're slinging pussy out here on old eight. <laughs> but yeah, uh, we got we got a number of shows coming up. August twenty seventh. We got the Counting Lights Comedy Show coming back. At Oak Highlands Brewery. At Oak Highlands Brewery, headlined by Mikey B. With you can get your tickets now. Go to oakhighlandsbrewery.com. Mm-hmm. Oakhighlandsbrewery.com. We also have Very Funny from Austin Grace Kirk. 
uh, Ross Day, you, me, uh, Brian Pierce is going to host, host it, for us and we've time, got yeah. and we got a surprise comic. We're not going to reveal uh, a hardworking local comic from the area, like we always like we always, we'll always do. Sneak one in. We always sneak one in uh, against the powers that be. I don't know. There's no powers that be. Nah. This is just a cesspool of sad people. Uh, <laughs> Welcome to comedy, ladies and gentlemen. This is comedy. And then, um, whose show is first? Who's sh- Addison Improv Let's show see, is I've, first? I've, uh, my Addison, I've uh, Addison Improv. What's the date on yours? Tony Casillas, uh, September 5th. Okay, mine's September 17th okay. with uh, Raul Sanchez, who is a previous Funniest Comic in Texas winner. Cool. Um what did Tony do? Nothing. That's right. That's right. My show's better than yours. Tony Casillas. <laughs> Tony Casillas. He was mentioned on the Joe Rogan podcast well, one yeah. time. Well, just just come on out. Uh, you may, <laughs> in fact, go see both the shows. You determine who's funny. The look on your face is just like, why does Danzy do yeah, this? Why is Danzy doing this, <laughs> I don't know. I'm bored. Chris, I moved the PC and the PlayStation. I've had nothing to do for two oh. days. Well, I'm, I'm singing here. on TikTok. No. Oh, <laughs> me and the dog have had in-depth conversations. Great listener, find this dog. Find me on TikTok so I can see these horrible... Uh, you find me on TikTok, <laughs> at Dan Danzy. They're not horrible. I tried to make some of them funny, and then... Well, you can find me on TikTok. I'm Big K Germ. What are you on TikTok for? Because I dig it. You dig it? I dig TikTok, man. But how, you're like you're like 90 in TikTok age because well, i'm like 50 okay. i'm like someone 34 being on tiktok that's like a 60 year old my algorithm oh god i don't even want to it's just nothing but 20 year old girls dancing uh, this, in it there are a few dancers on there when the when the when it gets mm-hmm. you know, past a certain time but mm-hmm. you know it's uh yeah i know what you use tiktok for me i'm checking out sing-alongs and fucking uh, stand up and you're well, over doing that. You're I'm over here that. watching twenty year old girls I, listen, I turn dance it on to Rihanna. And, yeah, my my wife sends me stuff to to see to watch on TikTok, and I'm like, I'm not watching that. That's gonna fuck up my algorithm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't know there was an algorithm to it, but like, I always liked seeing the um, the funny animals, funny pets. Yeah, I get puppy videos. Puppy videos. Yeah, yeah that's I always Lots of pit bulls. Mm-hmm. Rescue. Videos. We talking about the women dancing again? Some of them. <laughs> Some of them. Some of them. And we're canceled. Um, no, I think it's a, you know, it started off, I looked this up, it started off as like a duet singing karaoke oh, type of app. Oh, is that what it started off as? Yeah, no, and then people people were like, no, let's make dick jokes. Yeah, look, we can some, get people to come to my OnlyFans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I've also put some of my Twitch stream clips on there. Hold That's on. Cool. My dog farted something mean, and his <laughs> ass, ass is right next right to me. Right I'm just going to cover up his butt with a pillow. Look oh, at him looking at me. Like, Look I at him. farted for you, Daddy. Yeah. No, you know what? You want to know why he does that? I didn't realize this, but he does that because I started this. Like, uh, uh, when we first got him, I was like, hey, Misty, check this out. I started farting in his face. Uh, started farting in his face, and now he does it. See, that's what happens when, you know, uh, kids learn shit from their parents. <laughs> Anyways, um, anybody trying to contact me on Facebook, uh, hold off. <laughs> Guess uh, what? Uh, dancing. Breaking dan- news. Dancing Facebook gel again. I, this time, I, This time it's on them. This time it is on them. 
This is on them. Yeah, that's what they all say. No, it really is, though. Well, you screwed up that first time, and now they, now they keep an eye on you, see? Is that what it's going on? Okay. I think that's what it is. So, what? basically, a comic was talking about, on his Facebook, bicyclists in the road and how they shouldn't be on the road. Okay. And then another comic, who's also a bicyclist, was just like, um, yeah, but if we use the sidewalk, pedestrians yell at us. Mm-hmm. And my reply was like, well, you're on a bike, just run over the pedestrians and be about your day. Completely kidding, of course. Like, we were laugh reacting. Did you, do you think somebody turned you in? or? I Yeah. I think it was whoever like was turning me in last time for petty stuff. I think that's what it was. Mm-hmm. So I had to go back and just block who I suspected, which was like a big list. (laughs) It was a big list of people. (laughs) Comics, non-comics, family members. Um, And then there were some people I was like, have you ever like looked through your Facebook friends and you'll find that one friend like, oh, they haven't posted anything in a while. And then you go to your, their profile and it's like, oh, they're dead. <laughs> oh, I had no idea. <laughs> I had like two buddies from high school that it died. I had no idea they were, because it doesn't they, show up on my news right, feed, right, you know? Right. So I'm just like, oh, okay, well. Yeah. There's two people not coming to the Houston Joes. Jesus. <laughs> Uh, ladies I can and gentlemen, Dan Danzig. I can see why our audience has a, a distaste for me. <laughs> I can see that. So we got uh, so we got the uh, improv shows coming up. We got Oak Island's Brewery, twenty seventh August. Yeah, um, I'll be I'll be at the Comedy Arena in October. That's a and McKinney, and I'll be at Plano Comedy Festival. Oh, that's awesome! I will I not d- be there. I'm not supposed to share that on social media. Okay, well. well. I'm not going to cut this These out, are though. These just friends of ours. Yeah, I'm not listening. I'm not cutting it out, but, you know, I'm I mean, not... Technically, it's a social media. But you get the exclusive here first in the comedy world when yeah, you listen I, to I Counting Lights. I didn't turn my entry in early enough, so I, I, I won't be at the, the Plano Comedy Festival. I, uh... When, was, is, when is the Plano Comedy Festival? Do I don't you know? know the dates. I just know it's in October. Okay. They'll be lucky if I fucking remember <laughs> at all. It's probably going to be the weekend that I'm in McKinney. There's just going to be some Friday night where I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> I'm supposed to be in Plano right now. But it's cool. Uh, I was Misty uh, talked about the other day uh, that uh, she was like, you know, if I was a comic, Dan, I would love to be your friend. And I was like... I was like, wow, you really don't know me, though. <laughs> yeah, apparently. No. She's like, no, I've just seen how much, you know, Miles and Chris and and Tony and just everybody who knows you, you help them, and they get almost, a, no, she said, they get better than you. And I was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you, sweetie. <laughs> Way thank to go you. there, Missy. She didn't mean it like that. It, that just came out of her mouth, so, so she left me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, honestly, you and Miles, and, and it's it's nice to see everybody. Um, yeah, man, listen, if you're out there and you want to put together a comedy show, uh, give us a holler. What are you talking about? I was Anybody. just I was saying it was nice to see you guys progress. Well, I appreciate it. And that. now you're I'm just not, no, I'm you're got, just making deals. I need to, I need time. I need more stage time, <laughs> goddammit. You're just pitching. I need shit. more more stage time, so I mean stage time is nice, but you know what I like? Camaraderie. That's what I, that's yeah, what that's I like. cool. So, uh, wrestling uh, news: the uh, the beautiful Bobby Eaton 
passed away. Yeah, that's tragic. Was it last week, a couple days ago? No, it was a couple days ago. Uh, Bobby was probably the best tag team wrestler that has ever donned a pair of tights. Uh, we'll agree. Next to uh, next to the Road Warriors. Yeah, you it, know, it's a different. If it's a, it's a different style. You know, the Road mm-hmm. Road Warriors. Uh, when I was a young kid coming up. Uh, you know, in high school and and being an actual wrestling fan, going to shows, the Road Warriors were the ones that everybody just God, we just freaked out over in the mid eighties. And they but, had the perfect gimmick for mid eighties. It, it was yeah, the bodybuilding, post apocalyptic, yeah, Mad was, Max looking cool. motherfuckers. Yeah, but to actually to 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 have this wrestling. Uh, the the actual art of wrestling, if if you look at it, you know, for somebody who is who just knew every goddamn thing there was to know about so, the psychology of wrestling, yeah, um, the Road Warriors. I mean, when they started, they just went in there and just beat just the beat crap the out, fuck out, out of people, crap out of everybody. Yeah. Now, I mean, go back and, and check out some of the Midnight Express. Yeah, and, and I'm talking Midnight Express from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even you know, uh, Bobby started uh, Bobby started Tennessee, I think, mm-hmm. or uh, Alabama, and you know, as a young kid, I mean, came through the ranks, and you know, had to start at the bottom just like everybody else did, and really, uh, he was a he was he was a natural, but he constantly always improved and improved what he what what his goal was to create in the ring you mm-hmm. know he was quite the, the high flyer you look at bobby you used to look at bobby in the 80s you go oh man he looks like the guy that you know lives around the corner from me that's what high flyers look like in the but, 80s uh, <laughs> yeah but he you know gosh even as he got older he kept himself in shape mm-hmm. and uh you know, even got better into the 90s, you know, when the Midnight Express broke up. Yeah. And, and you know, uh, Bobby had a bunch of kids. How many? I think I think it was between six and eight. Well, what? Well, 26? He had, like, he had six, six or eight kids. Oh, I thought you said 26. No, but between six and, and eight kids. I, I say 26. Exactly. There was a bunch. Of, it was a bunch of kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... Uh, was it Catholic? And so... <laughs> I don't know. I think... <laughs> I think he was just a horny hillbilly yeah. like the rest of us. Yeah. But uh you know, he uh he when when Cornette left, you know, and Stan Lane left, like Bobby had Bobby had people to support. Yeah. Like he was the only breadwinner in the house. Yeah. And so Bobby had to keep his job down there in you know, in Atlanta. So he stuck around and became a goddamn good you know, individual wrestler. You mm-hmm. know, people always look at Bobby as a tag team wrestler, but became uh, an incredible singles competitor. And he and and uh, Iron Anderson were very, very close. And people, so a lot of people didn't know they lived literally two houses away from each other for probably 16, 17 years. And I want to bring Iron Anderson up later because an interesting development has happened with the with the Horsemen. As okay. of late. Right. But Bobby Eaton, what was funny, I would always confuse him with uh, Greg. Was it Greg the Hammer Valentine? I don't know. He you, Bobby Eaton used to look like, or you looks like, what's it's either Greg the Hammer Valentine or just somebody else, another tag team wrestler. 
and they just looked very fucking similar. And I can't remember because it's been so long well, since I thought about uh, it. Um, probably, probably similar body styles. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Greg the Hammer had a little bit more weight and yeah, muscle yeah, yeah. on him, and uh, Bobby was a real thin, you know, top rope high flyer, Alabama jam, you know, leg off the top rope. Yeah, this is. I'm gonna um, have to look this up but, later, uh, but Bobby Eaton looked strikingly similar to like another wrestler. And I want to say it was Greg Hammer the Valentine, but it's, it's probably not. It was just another. But if I saw like a company with a tag team division and that tag team division, and I'm talking about WCW or just whoever. Right. If they had the Midnight Express, then they took their fucking tag team division seriously. Seriously, right. right. And it's like you said, I think tag team wrestling is way better than singles wrestling because there's more story to tell and it's four people doing it and it really is an art form. And I hate it. I hate seeing a company just fucking... Forget about their tag team. Just for, like, that's what WWE does yeah, it right really now. Has, yeah. And you can always tell when, when they've just fucking don't care because well, they're tag team champions. It's just like, why are these two well, together? Well, they've, their, their, they've left their tag team division go to the side and kind of brought the fe- you know the female division up. You know, it's become... I just don't understand. Like, why can't the thought process be, why can't all these divisions just be fucking awesome? Like, why does well, one they, division... Yeah. Like, they could, you know they what I mean? And, you know, kind of tag teams for a long time were a little bit uh you know they were kind of little uh, tertiary they didn't they they weren't always you, you never saw a tag team for a main event mm-hmm. um they were always kind of middle card yeah um although they drew i mean here in Dallas i remember seeing live uh the midnight express versus the fantastics yeah oh, fuck. so here in dallas i mean that's they like the fantastics i really dug the fantastics they were incredible but the reason the fantastics look so goddamn incredible were because of the midnight, midnight express. express yeah yeah and so uh and of course they left to go to the mid-atlantic area and that's when they started feuding uh originally feuded in mid-south with the Rock and Roll Express, but then they kind of rekindled that feud mm-hmm. in the Mid-Atlantic area, you know, for uh, I think the they NWA carried, I think carried they carried it, it into a major promotion as well. I think it was, uh, was it WCW or WWF? Yeah, it was, it was W, it, well, it was technically, a, you know, it was, you know, World Championship Wrestling, mm-hmm. but it was still under the NWA banner. Yeah, yeah, when they were, they had that. So, yeah, it was, you know. It seems like every young, every young major company, they always like, because TNA did it, and AEW is doing right now. They always have a relationship with the NWA when they first start out because you got to build, uh, you got to get ratings, and you got to build well, credibility. You know, the NWA for years and years and years, and for the people that are real historians, you know, for, uh, in wrestling and mm-hmm. really, you know, study the past. You know, that's what that's what carried. That's what gave legitimacy across the board to wrestling. Was that organization, that national organization, mm-hmm. that and, and and they did they treated it like a like a cartel. They treat you know yeah. all the individual um, more in de- our listeners can get a more in depth uh, uh, more in depth view on the NWA uh, from our Howard Brody interview. interview right? Uh, you want you want to really Gave get you down some to real the- kind of you know back history yeah of, he explained the whole of, damn yeah, thing yeah what the whole you know the whole 
backwards story. Wonder was, how but, he's doing with the with this passing. Well, I know that uh, you know he's been involved with wrestling for a long time. Mm-hmm. Howard Brody's been you know it's you know it's uh, I would like to hear the take uh, of uh, Bill After also. Yeah. Um, which we need to start kind of working on getting him on the podcast again. We've just kind of been everything's just been crazy. It's in our been, lives it's right been now. crazy. It's been crazy, and uh, it's it's. Uh, and, you know, we just need to kind of start uh, seeing the big picture mm-hmm. for everything again. Uh, I really think that uh, it, it's it's tragic to see you know people like this die. You know, and the and the you know the deaths that I've experienced in the last uh, you know little while in how, my life. How old was he? Uh, who Bobby Bobby Eaton, Eaton? sixty two years old. That's a that's a that's so that's, young. Yeah, but it's sixty one. Yeah, okay. So that is pretty. Well, yeah. I mean, it's better than 30s or 40s. Yeah, I mean. I mean, I think the wrestling. And I think he dealt with some cancer, you know, for, mm. uh, for an extended length of time. And they'd been battling health issues. And 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 I don't know why. It's not my business. But, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, it's, you know, underlying, you know. Uh, on top of that, Bobby Eaton, to, to, to kind of give you a little idea, Bobby Eaton was that go-to guy also yeah. in the locker room. Bobby Eaton was a guy that whatever you didn't have, Bobby had it in his bag. That's like dope. You, like if you needed, like literally anything, you go, um, hey, Bobby, I forgot my te- toothbrush. He would reach in his bag and have a brand new toothbrush and a package. <laughs> it's like being in school. It's just like, shit, I didn't bring a pencil. All yeah. right, let's go to, what's his name? He, he always has He had it all, man. You could go, hey, man, I'm uh, has anybody got a pen, Bobby? Sure enough, I'm reaching his bag. You never, pen. you never heard any bad stories no, about Bobby Eaton. He, he, he was maybe the nicest individual. Yeah. In, it's like in the it's like business. Sting. You know, you just never hear, but you never see people on YouTube talk shit about Bobby Eaton. You know, no one talks shit. Uh, if you go back and kind of look at, uh, you know. Um, both Dennis Condry, Condry and Bobby Eaton were kind of, uh, they needed Jim Cornette as a mouthpiece. Now, mm. they both have had done, you know, singles wrestling before that and other tag team wrestling, by the way. Um, Dennis Condry and Phil Hickerson were huge in Tennessee, you know, tag team champions for a long time. And, uh, you know, Bobby Eaton wrestled in tag teams prior to the Midnight Express. But when Cornette put those two toge- together, really they kind of handed it to him, mm-hmm. you know, uh, when he started, in, you know, with the uh, Jarrett's in Tennessee. And, boy, I'll tell you what, he really turned it into something. But I think it was the dedication. Those guys really relied on each other. Yeah, uh, Cornette really took the managerial role seriously, you know, not just as a mouthpiece, but – Keeping, you know, you everybody knows Cornette keeps unbelievable Cor- records. Cornette, yeah, Cornette documents he's so, everything. He's so detail oriented, and, and he's such a good businessman. I think he's one of the best uh, as far as like pairing people to be a tag team. Jim Cornette's the best. Yeah, and uh, like the gangsters with with New Jack, and like that was Cornette. And then, of course, then he put Stan Lane and. Uh, uh, Tom Pritchard together mm-hmm. for the uh, for the Heavenly Bodies, and then brought Bobby Eaton in there, and then they kind of worked the Freebird angle with yeah. all three of them, and you know Smoky Mountain Wrestling, and uh, they they were a hell of a tag team, 
And, uh, I, I, it's, it, you know, it's tragic, but unfortunately, this is kind of what I've learned. The longer you live, uh, the, you know, the more you're going to have to deal with this, people that you know and you love. Yeah. Kind of, you know, uh, passing away and, you know, and you got to deal with it. And it's tough, but gosh, what... You know, when, when you're gone, you, you really want people to kind of say something really profound about you, something good, something you did. You want to leave something behind. And I'll tell you what, beautiful Bobby Eaton, just he certainly did. He left a legacy behind. That's probably one of the the best students of the wrestling game. I would say a student that became a teacher. Yeah, you know? and he helped so many people out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if you've heard this, but um, – you know, he he helped so many guys out in the wrestling, but especially in WCW as he kind of started to get older. That uh, Goldberg wanted to wanted to be Bobby Eden that killed the streak. That would have been very weird. <laughs> well, that's that's but you know that's <laughs> no, how, I understand. That's how much he felt like that's Bobby how Eden how helped much him he out. Respected. Like he, yeah, how much but he respected. Can you imagine? Like people didn't like Kevin Nash doing it. So can you imagine like just imagine Bobby Eaton take one half of the Midnight Express? <laughs> well, he was probably he was kind of more of a singles wrestler at the time. They fired William Regal for yeah. making Goldberg look bad. Can you imagine him giving Goldberg the Alabama Jam <laughs> off the top rope? God, what a heel that would have turned Bobby. What a Eaton fucking into. Nitro! God damn! Now do it on Thunder. People expect that shit on Thunder. Yeah, you know. Bobby Eaton beats Goldberg. Oh, people would have just stopped watching. And there's no disrespect to Bobby Eaton. Had you heard that before? I never heard that yes, before. I'd never a, heard Goldberg say that before. Truth. I've truth. heard a lot of terrible things about Goldberg this week. Um, <laughs> okay. And well, I, his, get to that, I guess. His, his quotes did not... Well, someone... The, the, the Goldberg being brought back thing has kind of rubbed fans oh, the wrong way. Made people sour on it. Man. Yeah, and uh, oh, Rene Dupree... We've talked about him before. Well, let's kind of just wrap this up with Bobby Eaton. We'll oh, yeah. Let's, rest, let's, rest, let's, in, rest, in, rest in peace, Bobby. And, Midnight Express and, forever. And, and if you get a chance, like, we're like, you know, this podcast community, people share their information and they, you know, they're on other people's podcasts and they promote each other. And I, I want to say, if you get a chance, go over and listen to uh, the Jim Cornette experience and listen to his take on Bobby. Uh, uh, and the loss of Bobby Eaton. Mm. I think it'd be a real value to any wrestling fan. I'm going to have to go check that out. I haven't listened to Jim Cornette in a while. I yeah. used to. I used to think he was very hilarious. And, 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 and then, I got to. I got to. I got to. I got to take corny and uh, you know, kind of little. Uh, it, it's like a. It's like a real hard liquor drink, like a martini or something. You can't drink a shit ton of them yeah. one right after the other. So, you know, you kind of you got to take it in small doses. He he really he he man he is the contrarian. He, yeah, he really is. He also he he is also the king of having an opinion. And man, you want to talk about an axe to grind with Vince Russo, man? Oh, yeah, that's that's, that's thirty years now going strong. So, so, so rest in peace, Bobby. Rest and, uh, in peace, Bobby Eaton. Uh, so tell us what's going on with the Goldberg thing now. Oh, um, just it's rubbing. Well, a lot of things are going on backstage. A lot of, uh, from what I'm hearing, um, what should we talk about first? I guess the roster, uh, the WWE roster being, well, feeling like they're walking on eggshells. 
to Adam Cole might Adam Cole like the NXT's one of NXT's biggest superstars might not re-sign with the company had a private meeting with Vince backstage at Smackdown where it's rumored Vince offered him a million dollar contract and he walked away to think about it um but everybody's uneasy everybody that's got a million dollar contract is getting gone uh i mean but you can get the same thing at a place where you don't have to work as many days tell me if this sounds familiar yeah you know all your all your friends are there because they all got let go (laughs) and that seems to be the situation backstage unless you're a major player uh, the feeling backstage is like anybody can lose their job, and then right after the Adam Cole meeting, nine people, including one of Adam Cole's, Cole's friends, Bobby Fish, nine people from NXT were released. NXT is being rebranded. Actually, we had a uh, we had a listener actually inform me about this via wow. Twitter, and then I looked it up, and I was like, because he wanted to know what's the deal with NXT. I didn't know what he was talking about. I was just like, I haven't been watching. I've been moving. He was like, no, with all the releases. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? And so I go, I check my sources. They released nine people, men and women. They're going to completely rebrand NXT. Younger talent, new logo, new lighting. Oh, of course. Why would you Why would you keep doing something that's successful, right? Vince doesn't want people in their 30s in NXT. Which I think from is, a guy who's seventy six years old and he's worried like, about people in the thirties. He it's it definitely seems to me he wants to make it the development brand that it was intended to be, and then Triple H had the great idea of making it the the WWE yeah the alternative with the WWE umbrella, and I guess for some reason Vince doesn't think it's working anymore, and you know I kind of agree with that because I think peak NXT was when. Uh, you know, you had Sami Zayn, Shinsuke Nakamura, you had Finn Balor down there, and uh, Bailey and Sasha Banks and Charlotte. That was pretty much peak NXT at that point. It's kind of gone down, but I mean, you get there's nothing else on on Tuesday. Why the fuck? I mean, right. <laughs> fuck it. I mean, got wrestling every day of the week. NXT can be on Tuesday, but he wants to make it development. No more people in their thirties. All this other shit. And uh, and as far as Goldberg's concerned, I've just been reading interviews uh, with uh, about Goldberg by people that were let go, and uh, people don't understand why he keeps coming back, why he's constantly being brought back. I mean, you're Goldberg's age, you know. Right. Uh, you are also fit, and you know, I think you could do a match or two. But do <laughs> I want to see Chris Germany beat? Oh, I don't know. Do I want to see Chris Germany take on Bobby Lashley? No. Yeah. No, probably. because I know you can't pick up Bobby Lashley. Well, I could pick up Bobby Lashley, but... You can hold it. Okay, in a jackhammer, you know? Yeah, not going to do it. And you, you see Goldberg and Bobby Lashley together in the same ring. Yeah, I'd be grabbing a hold, bro. There's, uh, there's, yeah, there's no suspension of disbelief. I'm going to go, listen, man, don't move. Come on. And Don't don't, don't, don't move. I got, I'm, I'm all blown up. <laughs> Come on, just let me know. Shoulder tackle, shoulder tackle. Bobby, let's just lay here, brother. Let's just. (laughs) Uh, The check is cleared, right? Shoulder tackles all day. Cleared. Yeah, let's just lay here, brother. Close line, close line, close line. Give me the corner. Punch me ten times. All right, we're gonna do the schoolboy pen. (laughs) Dan over here calling a match. We're just gonna send the fans home happy. End this in two minutes. (laughs) But that's the that's. 
I mean, the last time they brought back Goldberg, he beat The Fiend, Bray Wyatt. Bray right. Wyatt now right. released. It's just one of those, you know, what the fuck Man, they it's, doing? It's, uh, God, it's like goddamn Beirut. I would, I, like, I had this theory that WWE was just this place to make action stars, but now it's not even, it's not even that place anymore. You know, WWF and WWE used to be the place that everybody wanted to go because it was the national stage. Yeah. It was the, uh, it was the big show. It was the, you know, major league. It was, you know, the land of giants. Mm-hmm. And it was. It was. And gosh, you know, I mean, all right, let's let's go through this. Let's think about okay, seventies, yes. Eighties, yes. Nineties, yes. Attitude era. Yeah. Um, then the rock went to Hollywood. And, but he's not the first well, one. Oh yeah. Well, he had better success than the Hogan. Rock, Hogan left. Mm-hmm. The rock went to Hollywood. Steve Austin retired. Yeah. Well, Steve Austin did some stuff, though. Uh, some Hollywood and, stuff. Yeah. And, and now you got uh, John Cena doing then some Then John Hollywood. Cena. Mm-hmm. And God, what after that? Well, John Cena's back. But that's the thing. John Cena and The Rock only yes. come back so, to promote a fucking movie. No, no, no. To promote a movie. That yeah, well, My first thought when I saw John Cena coming back, I thought, how much goddamn money? They having to pay him to come back and get some fucking ratings. I, dude, I don't even think I don't even think they need to pay him a lot of money. I think it's you know it's like being on the fucking Tonight Show. It's just promoting your movie. Now I will say I watched John Cena's new movie, Suicide Squad. It's a very good movie. I haven't seen it. It's good. It's fucking good. It's get on HBO Max or something. HBO Max. It's like Apocalypse Now with superheroes. Okay. It's, it's pretty fucking dope. Well, that sounds good. And he doesn't look out of place. Like, he's earned his acting chops. He can be in a scene with Idris Elba and be in a scene, you know, with these big-time Hollywood actors and really just, like, fit in. And that's good. But, like, you know what would speak volumes? If you didn't have a movie and you just came back and wrestled. Right. But it seems like when The Rock and John Cena come back to wrestle, it's only to promote a movie. Now, The Rock doesn't do it a lot, you know, but... Yeah, he doesn't have to do it anymore. He doesn't have to. I get that. But also, The Rock comes back and is just like, oh, he's headlining a WrestleMania. Right. You know? And this is what CM Punk bitched about. CM Punk predicted all of this would happen, including what we just talked about, about the talent being released and Vince being out of touch and everything. CM Punk was the first guy to call it. Well, then, and my point was that... Who was who? Who became the huge star after John Cena left? You know, that let's is, think about that. That is still. I mean, they're all getting. But you, I know, but all, you, but you can't think any any particular one. There was always. I mean, one. I want to. I want to say always Hogan. I but or, or I think Hogan and Macho. I think they're setting up Roman Reigns to be the next one. Yeah, he already but, has a movie under his belt with the with the Rock. He did a small role in a Rock movie. I truly believe it's going to be like Roman Reigns. But there has been, there's nobody that you can kind of put your finger on after Cena left. I mean, but it took, I mean, it took Cena a little bit though to get movies. You can't, you can't put your finger on one particular one so much that um, the guy who really got over was Daniel Bryant. 
Yeah, he's gone now. Yeah. He might be showing up for AEW. And and then and at the same time it was CM Punk. CM Punk. And he has and a story. He has a story about a movie he was supposed to do. Triple H offered him a movie. And the shoot dates coincided with the European tour. I heard that. I heard that. Yeah. And then they gave it to Randy Orton because Punk was... And Punk didn't say no. He was just like, hey, clear with Vince. And just never got back to him. But Punk now does movies. I mean, they're B-movies. They're independent movies. But, I mean, Punk and Daniel Bryan going to AEW, that is Hall and Nash going to WCW right there. I mean, you got to think about the... About their popularity at the time, all well, that. It, de- it definitely probably makes some waves. Oh, yeah. It'll make some know. definitely a true alternative AEW well, will be. I, I, I'm, also, Ric Flair. Ric Flair. He got released. Hey, Ric Flair asked for his release. Hmm. Um, so, apparently, there's some business ventures <laughs> that Ric Flair wants to do. Which that don't could, involve WWE. Dude, he could want Ric Flair dildos for all we know. Ric Flair is well, he's, a party monster. Yeah, he's you know he's selling uh, car warranties on. Yeah, yeah, he's doing so. Apparently, he's he's starting his own wine, which makes me sad as someone who's gotten <laughs> sober. I would down some Ric Flair wine and fucking get naked yeah. on a plane. I don't give a shit. Um, but there are some business ventures that Ric Flair wanted to explore that he couldn't because of his WWE contract. This okay. is this is what I've read. It's at the whole third pro- party. Maybe and, and I don't blah, know. Blah, blah, blah. The, I mean, honest, honestly, I mean, Ric Rick Flair before you know Charlotte made her big run. Mm-hmm. Ric Flair's podcast was taken off like a motherfucker. Yeah. Like, he was the first guy with Conrad Thompson. You know, Conrad Thompson's married to his daughter. And Conrad Thompson's a hell of a businessman. And now, not only is he an incredible businessman in the the, uh, housing finance Mm -hmm. uh, industry, now he's a a a podcast mogul. He's a good business. He's a goddamn podcast mogul. He's a good businessman when it comes to marriage and who to pick. And I'll I'll tell you this, man. Like... uh, you know, if if Rick had just stuck with that podcast, God knows where that podcast would be right now. I mean, yeah, but at the same time, Ric Flair likes to party, so a podcast probably got in the way of the party. Uh-uh, Here's the thing: we just got done. We just got done about with with Bobby Eaton being passed away. You know, all these wrestlers die early. Uh, and with the exception of Bobby Eaton, I was watching Dark Side of the Ring. You know how many Dark Side of the Ring documentaries where someone's just dead from drugs and just partying? Ric Flair still walks the earth, and he's not stopped living his gimmick. Yeah, um... The man has survived a plane crash. He's woken up from a fucking coma. He's like goddamn Godzilla. He he's really just an unstoppable force of of party. Space Mountain. (laughs) He is Space Mountain. So the interesting thing about him being a free agent now is you could bring back the Horsemen in AEW. You have Tully. You have Arn. Here's the problem though. Uh, Arn and Ric Flair have not. Have apparently not spoken in a long time. Arn didn't even call Rick when Reed passed away. Arn didn't call Rick after Rick woke up from the coma. There is something going on with that yeah, relationship. What is going on? Rick Flair says he doesn't know, but Arn just stopped talking to him. 
Hmm. He says Oli. Oli stopped talking to him because Oli's just against everybody. Well, Oli's, Oli's a fucking, you know, Oli is Oli. Cranky pig face motherfucker. And Tolly's the same way. He doesn't know why Tolly. Uh, Tully. Uh, Tully, sorry. Tully, sorry. Oli, Tully. It happens gotcha. with my wordplay. Tully hasn't uh, spoken to him either. He well, doesn't Tully, know. Tully got sober a long time ago. And, you know, that's probably and, it. And uh, Tully was involved very heavily in prison ministries and involved with the church and things of that nature. So, um, you know. A lot of times when you become sober, you mm-hmm. kind of Oh, I can get, tell you. You have to eliminate friends. And so it's not so really forth. eliminate friends. I don't want to say eliminate because that sounds terrible, but you do have to keep your distance from people. Because right. people, they don't know it, but they're enablers sometimes. You know, and people don't know they're enablers, and that's the that's the hardest part about getting sober, is like you either have to like keep your distance or tell someone like, hey man, you're a fucking enabler, and no one wants yeah, to hear yeah. that. Say, hey man, you're toxic for me, and I gotta yeah, stay sober. Everybody's just everybody's just living the life the way they like right. to. Right? Tell me about it. You know, but he doesn't under, he doesn't know why Arn. I mean, I would think after Reed's death, you would fucking call God Rick. I think so. And, you know. Like, what the fuck did he do to where you can't call the man well, after his son we'll never know. I mean. I think we're, I think we're gonna know at some point. I mean, when, when is, when is Iron writing the book? <laughs> can, uh, is, can he? Can he write? I'm not even sure if he can read. He, <laughs> no, I'm not trying to make fun of Iron, but didn't he have to retire because something going on with his spine where he couldn't even make a fist anymore? Like, that's why um, uh, he had to retire. Yeah, like, I, I'm... Listen. He can injuries, still take a bump, apparently. The injuries that, and give Spine Buster. He can give the Spine Buster, yeah. But, like, he retired from WCW because, if you remember that spot, they gave it to Mr... They gave it to Kurt Hennig. Uh, right, that right. big That big angle. But because Arn went to the hospital and they found, like, some fucked up Probably shit on this probably spine. bulging discs and yeah, something like that. Things that nature, it's but still neck injuries. Those neck I'd injuries. Li- are- I'd read an Arn Anderson book. I'm sure it'd be co-authored, but well, well, it definitely probably would. But you know, I mean, I, w- I would think it'd be interesting. Mm-hmm. I uh, I don't know, I, but I want to see the Horsemen reunite. Let's just settle this shit so we can get one more night with the Horsemen. Bring in J.J. Dillon. You know. I don't care if they're all old guys. Put them in the same ring together. Have like a, a heel faction from AEW. Challenge them. Bring out a face faction to so, save them. So let me ask you this. Go ahead. Like uh, you remember, you remember Flair's retirement. Retirement. Which one? <laughs> okay, the one that they made a big deal out of in the WWE. WrestleMania, where Shawn Michaels said, "I loved you," and what, super kicked them. Yeah, but when he when they brought all the guys out, when yeah, they brought yeah, all the horsemen out. Iron and Tully were involved with that, wasn't they? Weren't they? I don't remember. I'm almost positive. I don't remember. I know John Cena was. Chris Jericho was. Seemed like the whole current of course, roster. I don't know was. how many years ago that was. That was that was a long time, long time ago. ago. Yeah, and it was. I don't. I think you're referring to Ric Flair Appreciation Night. Is that what it was? I think so. And Ric Flair Appreciation Night was way. That's when he was. I think he was still in Evolution with Triple H, and I think that was way before the retirement. Mm, okay. I think that was Vince's way of trying to get him to retire. Like, hey, buddy, we're gonna have a. 
appreciation we're night. Goodbye, even if you don't have, have to go. It was either okay. I'm gonna have a, a, a appreciation night, or I'm gonna put him at com- color commentary. I just need to let him know I want him to retire. That was his way of telling Jerry Lawler, "I want you to retire." Putting him at color commentary, and then he lets Jerry Lawler wrestle. What happens? Heart attack on Monday Night Raw. Oh yeah, you remember that shit? Never saw Jerry again. Jerry never stepped in the (laughs) foot. All right, Jerry, we got another women's segment we want you to host. (laughs) Well, now, so what's the plan? I mean, I don't know. But I I, I mean, if you got WWE stock, sell it. I'd say that. That's probably a good recommendation. The theory going around, that theory that they're selling the company is still going around, and that's why the big money contracts are being released. Bray Wyatt, Braun Strowman, everybody with a big contracts getting released. Hmm. The NXT things being rebranded. Um, I mean, you cut nine people, you save a lot of money. And then just rebranding and lowering the budget on NXT makes it a, a viable purchase for a company like Disney. So they released like all Fox. those people with NXT, but I mean, what? Why, I mean, they're not could, done. Yep. Yeah, why couldn't they? Here's the question. Why couldn't they have just moved them up to the roster since they got all those other people gone? My question is, why do you have to cut Bray Wyatt when you got Goldberg? Why do you got to cut Bray Wyatt when you got fucking just these useless people faces I'll never remember? Like, they got some new people on Monday Night Raw. I couldn't tell you what their fucking name is. For the first time ever in my wrestling, you know, watching, there Mm. are just people on Monday Night Raw I don't you care. Have no idea. I have no idea. Nor do I care to now know. Now you their know name. how I felt for the last twenty years. But man, I get it with you though. You were a wrestler, so it's just like it's like me with comedy. I loved comedy, and then I got into it, and I was like, God, this is a fucking cesspool. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like when I finally. I, don't know, I think it's probably one of the reasons that I like it so much because it reminds me so much of the wrestling. It reminds you of the locker room, right? Yes, yeah. Yes, yes. But when I'm finally done with comedy, you couldn't get me in a comedy comedy club anymore i don't fucking care if i don't know man like god why i mean all my heroes are dead (laughs) yeah uh one just passed away uh you probably don't know this person who's that uh trevor moore the creator of whitest kids you know he wasn't a stand-up he was more of a sketch guy okay no hell of a lot hell of a career when he was about 18 19 20 he got an internship with Lauren Michaels, internship on Saturday Night Live, became an NBC page, which is a is a good position to have. It's a good sure, foot in the a, door. It is a starting position. Yeah. Uh, from there, he made the sketch group The Whitest Kids You Know, a very edgy sketch comedy group that won New York's best sketch comedy group over the Upright Citizens Brigade. They got a TV deal with uh, IFC and Fuse, made their own sketch comedy show, Um very edgy. Uh, if you if you look if you saw some of the sketches today, it'd be very problematic. I feel. Uh, made two movies, Miss March and the Civil War on Drugs, and he was just recently doing stuff with Comedy Central. Passed away Friday night in what's only being said as an accident, um, but it really hit the comedy world because he he knew he knew stand ups, he knew sketch comedy guys, he knew a bunch of people in the comedy community, and he was well respected and a very creative guy. Mm. And uh, he had a Twitch stream going, and sometime between the Twitch stream, the end of the Twitch stream, to the just passed away somehow. Wow, it's a mystery. 
and hopefully we we figured out. But this guy, how old was he? Forty one. God, uh, any he had he, any thought of uh, maybe foul play? I don't know. There on his Twitch stream, he was talking about brewing. Was, was he was he doing coke? No, no. He he was married with a son. He posted on his Instagram for his 40th birthday. That's just like, man, I think back on everything I've accomplished, and this is everything from here on out. It's just a victory lap. So he was a pretty happy dude. Sure. wasn't wasn't sad. Right. Um, it on his on his Twitch channel. He did talk about, and I read this from Reddit, from just people who watch his Twitch stream, that he was talking about brewing his own moonshine, and they were warning him, like in the chat or whatever, that, uh, well, don't drink it, because the bottom and the top of the moonshine... It's called the head and the tails. The head and the tail of the moonshine are deadly. Yes. You want to get the middle, which I'm from Southeast Texas, I know that, but this guy was born in New Jersey... You know, New York area. Well, I mean, if he watched, if he, you know, most of these people that, that you know, do this home brewing like that or home distilling. Yeah. They, they watch, you know, they watch a lot of YouTube videos on it and, you know, instructional, mm-hmm. you know. In fact, you can, you can purchase your own still off the internet. I mean, it's not illegal to own the. But, the, but with beer brewing as well, you could, you could. Kind of poison yourself yeah, if you're not careful. You know, and, and you we're just be careful. The, the 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 beginning of when moonshine's starting to distill mm-hmm. is very deadly. I mean, we're just suspecting the, at this to the, point to the point that uh, that uh, some moonshiners actually keep it and use it as uh, um, cleaner. Yeah, to clean things. Mm-hmm. So because that's mean, just pure. Yeah, it's fucking, toxic. Damn. It's very toxic. And then uh, the you know the end of the the end of the distilling process it can be uh, you know deadly in itself. So, I, and and a lot of brewers that I know, <laughs> I'm gonna say it. A little brain damage. We're just well, no, we're suspecting that that's okay. We just yeah, that's not. It could probably, have nothing to do. The with news it. said an accident. I figure if it was a car accident, they would have just said car accident because you know the news is yeah. quick to do that shit. I mean, unless the steel blew up, and that can happen too. I will probably know in a couple of weeks. But with brewers that I know, I feel that the craft brewery hobby is just a mask for alcoholism. Well, you got to understand. You got to understand this. Too. Well, you got to you got to understand though. But beer is good. <laughs> well, I mean, it is like everything else. It is an art. You know, that's like saying. No, that's like saying that. That's like saying I think that, that's alcoholism. Telling that's like you it's saying an art. being a chef is, you know, for someone who's addicted to food. Uh, you got me. You got me. I don't have a response to that. Yeah. But mm, food's delicious, though, and yes. food yeah. is good for you. Yeah. In in small, small amounts. It, yeah, small. Moderate amounts. amounts. Right. Same thing with liquor. I mm, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, I guess it would all have to depend on the success of the person because an alcoholic can't be successful in any business. Truly, they can't because they either get a little bit of money, what are they going to spend it on? Booze. You know? Or just like the guy who ran UWF. Mm -hmm. Spent all his money on cocaine. 
You could as you I call that here, guy? As I sit here and enjoy a Miller Lite. Could you call that? Could you call that guy? How, what was his name? Howard Flint. What was <laughs> he was just, listen, he was manic. That dude was crazy. Man. That dude was crazy. But would you call him a success? No. 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 He booked Andre the Giant one night. That was probably the biggest thing he ever did. No. Besides a big line of coke the size of Andre the Giant. <laughs> I'm just saying, like. If a brewer is successful and he has a big house and the and the family's good and he doesn't drink, okay. But you know, most of the most of the quote brewers that I know, they're you know they're on Facebook. Hey, <laughs> hey so come see us at Oak Island Brewery. <laughs> a successful a successful brewer, not alcoholics at all. No, I know they're not alcoholics. I know they're not alcoholics over there because I've been in that brewery and those machines are like fucking huge and yeah, massive. Yeah, they're, they're, and you can't be fucking around. So come see us at O'Connell's Brewery. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that the Trevor Moore's death really hurt. I'm gonna I'm gonna sit you down and let you watch why the okay, you know. Right. Yeah, I'll, I'll put on a out. I'll put on a sketch. I'll check it, out. it was a really dark fucking sketch I'll check comedy. It out. My wife has been watching this thing on uh I think it's Netflix, uh, this thing called uh, What's it called? Um, Outer Banks. I've been seeing that on the... And my kid know. watches it too. What is it? It's like... Uh, like uh, I mean... It's like a bunch of kids like in their... All, I'm already not interested. Yeah, yeah. So, like <laughs> all you had to say was like children. They're, they're all... No, not kids. Oh. They're, they're all supposed to be like still in high school. I'm 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 out. Okay. <laughs> so it's like nine oh two one oh Okay. But um but they're solving mysteries. It's, this is so Scooby Doo adventures. That's exactly what I told my <laughs> so wife. Scooby, I was like, they just I was, need a fucking I'm, dog. I'm, I'm watching this and I'm like, <laughs> Do you realize this is Scooby Doo without the dog? Like at one How point How do you have Scooby Doo without the dog? I'm like at one point they're actually in a Volkswagen van. <laughs> And I'm like, do you realize that this is Scooby-Doo without the dog? And she's like, and a day later, she's like, you know you fucking ruined Outer Banks for me, right? <laughs> it reminds me that there's a comic in Dallas. His name is Brad LaCour. I don't know if he still does this joke, but it was hilarious. He was like, you know, I've been watching Scooby-Doo Adventures with my kid. And like every time they catch the bad guy. I'm starting to relate more to the bad guy. Yeah. They're just like, they unmask him. It's just, that dude's just trying to pay his mortgage. <laughs> I, I came in and she was right in the middle of an episode. And it was like a really dramatic part. Yeah. And I went, jinkies. Jinkies. <laughs> I gotta watch this now. Yeah. See, but see, I went. I'm and, like, zoinks. See, here's zoinks. the thing. There's nothing worse, and I'm not talking bad about wives. I'm just talking bad about spousal spouses, spouses, just in general, because right. guys do it too. Like one spouse will check out a show, and they'll be like, "Ah, oh, man, this is terrible." But but like right next to you, the spouse is just fucking digging it. Yeah. So you got <laughs> you got to keep watching. My wife watches these uh, uh, 90 day fiance mm. shows, uh, like. Uh, you know. I've been hearing about this from audience members because I go into the crowd and I and I ask what spouse what what does your spouse make you watch right. and I've heard ninety day fiance, 90 day fiance. I've she still watches. yet to watch it so it's I, it, from what I've gathered you get an immigrant 
So originally, <laughs> I, I put it so terribly. When it originally came on, I was like, "What is this? A game show?" Yeah, like they introduce you to somebody and you got to get married to them in ninety days. Yeah, it's not. No, what they're talking about is this certain type of visa that you can get for foreigners to come in. Okay, if they're your fiance. Yeah. So these people get. I knew on, a marriage like that one. So time. these people get online, and they meet these people online, and they live in. Caracas, Venezuela, or or uh, Colombia, or okay. they live in South America. So it's well, mostly no, South America. No, no, no? They, no, they they live. They might live in the Ukraine. Okay, or they oh, might, the Ukraine. Or they might live in Africa. I'm not going to do an African accent. And uh, yeah, figure. <laughs> I can do Ukraine, but I will not go to Africa. <laughs> yeah, we should not podcast. Do. Podcast shut down. I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do a South African accent. I hear that's really hard to do. I I was watching an actor talk about very similar to Australia. Well, you got so with the accent. I mean, you can do a British accent, and that's just like changing the melody Here, of your name voice. Name me any accent. I'll do any accent for you. Just well, name my point me was any, name, with, with South Africa, you have to like work the tongue differently with how you say words. So do South African. Oh, I don't do South African. You don't. <laughs> okay, do do a British accent. That's the joke. Oh, I thought we were playing an no, actual. No, you go, go. Give me anything. Okay, German. Uh, German. No, I don't do German. Right, no Jews. <laughs> That's the only thing I know in German. It's the only thing. We have ways of making you talk. <laughs> you must sign the papers. Wait, where? Yeah. So wait, you're not going to do a German accent, Mr. Kurt von Hess over yeah, here? Exactly. You're not going to fucking. So when I used to do the uh, the German gimmick. Mm-hmm. Um, all I did was a Arnold Schwarzenegger impersonator. That's Austrian. Yeah. <laughs> they don't know. <laughs> They're fucking wrestling fans. What the fuck are they? <laughs> oh, man. And that's another thing. That's, uh, one thing that's going to keep me from watching wrestling is fucking wrestling fans. If I see one more goddamn misspelling, like, I just, I'm sorry. They talk like they. Like, I thought I knew the business until I met you, mm-hmm. and you showed me, kind of you know, you pulled the, the curtain. behind the curtain. Yeah. yeah, you pulled the curtain on me. And now I know shit. And to go back on Reddit or Facebook, whatever it is, and see what these fans comment and see their fucking mm-hmm. opinion, <laughs> I totally fucking get why you guys keep your fucking distance. Yeah, we fucking... The, the worst thing for somebody like myself that really knows the wrestling business, mm-hmm. there's nothing worse than meeting a smart mark. Mm. Like, they think they're on the inside. Yeah. And they're saying things, and they're fucking wrong. There's this dude on TikTok who... I, he's got to be, like, 20-something. And he says he's been in nine matches... Which I there's no video over the, proof over the last nine years something I don't know <laughs> I I I bet but he's talking oh AEW used fake light tubes for their match with Nick Gage I know because I've set up light tubes for a company it's like what the fuck fuck off dude like I I I'm growing like I get it I get why Sasha Banks doesn't want people coming up to her at the airport I get why. Uh, that one mark that walked up to you and was freaked you out. <laughs> I get it. I get why Lance Archer was creeped out by me that one a little time. A little bit, a little bit. 
I know, I get it. I was, See, in my mind, I was like, hey, man, it was my way of saying, hey, man, I've always admired your work. Right. But instead, it came out like, <laughs> you were Lance Hoyt. Hoytomania. I get it. I fucking get right. it. And if I ever get the chance, which You're I probably will, I will apologize to Lance Archer. Yeah, you probably shouldn't. You should probably just let it just go. Just let it go. I let it go. I, dude, talking to him makes me nervous. Here's your best He's so bet. tall. Here's your best bet. <laughs> Here's your best bet is to be around the business. Yeah. Just be uh, chill. Yeah, don't make it. See, and it, and it and it's helped me in comedy. Mm-hmm. Because like being around guys like Jeff Ross and mm-hmm. you know, fucking people that got a little gravitas in the business, you just if you're chill, chill with them, like then they're like, oh, this guy's cool. Hey man, why don't you come here? Yeah, you know, come here. Let's you know. Hey, we're gonna go get something to eat. You want to get something to eat? You know, like you just your best bet in the business to go when they see you. Go, what's up, man? Hey, what's going on? Yeah. You know, and they'll go, hey, and then you're off. And then when you're standing there and there's a group of people having a conversation and you walk up, it's not weird. Yeah, yeah, Right? And then you kind of, all right, yeah. Yeah. You know? My, the biggest mind fuck I ever had was opening for Dolph Ziggler. And the it was like, the show was like after a SmackDown where he became number one contender. But like... I I kept that wrestling fandom inside because I had a show to do, and I came off very professional and chill when that was me just being a professional comic. Right. But then I was able to see how the fans that showed up would interact with him and how fucking nice and cordial he was. Because if it were me, I would have told multiple people to fuck off. Yeah. There was one lady... Uh, he told, because there was a meet and greet before the show. So here's what you saw. Let me explain to you what yeah, you no. saw. So let me explain to you what you saw when you worked with Dolph Ziggler at the comedy club in Plano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What you saw in that audience is what what is left of Mark's nowadays. Okay? So really, technically, everybody in the crowd's smart Mark now. Mm-hmm. Okay? Everybody thinks they know all the shit's going on behind the scenes. Yeah. So, but... Once again, you take the mark out of the trailer park, but you can't take the trailer park out of the mark. That's that's a lot. That's a lot to say, but yeah, okay. So, <laughs> I mean, honestly, I love how you what, described every one of those people that showed up to Dolph Ziggler exactly right. without seeing them. So now tell me your story. Well, there was a lady that apparently showed up to the Fort Worth show with gifts, like gift cards and shit. And then she showed up to Plano with gifts, and he was—he literally had to tell her he was on stage doing the meet and greet. I was taking pictures, and he was like, "You gotta stop bringing me gifts." And I talked to him about that later. I was like, "He's like, I feel guilty. I feel guilty. She's spending all of her money on me, and she thinks she's gonna get something out of it. And she's gonna get see exactly. Yeah. So let me explain to you what the business used to be like. (laughs) Oh boy. Okay. Here's why this mindset is is happening. Okay, Okay. Go ahead. So. He, when 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 I saw the business happening the way I'm about to explain it to you, yeah, Dolph Ziggler, Dolph Ziggler was a little kid. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So back in the eighty late late when I saw, and I'm sure it was probably like this in the seventies and early eighties too, but in the late eighties and the nineties, this is the way it was. When the boys came in town, they get it. They get a hotel room. Mm-hmm. They had marks in. 
towns that would put them up and pay for their food. That's fucking nuts. And wash their fucking clothes. Nuts. While they were at their homes. And these people thought that they were... The real characters, right? No, they they thought they were creating a relationship with this person. And these marks would create this relationship that they had with this person in their heads. Now, okay, some of them were rats. Now, let me explain to you what we used to call rats. What were rats? Rats were the young ladies that would... Okay. (laughs) That's all you had to say. And and the name came because we used to call them arena rats. Because they would show up like rats. Mm -hmm. Like they would swarm around the wrestlers. Who wants to touch it? Yeah. Exactly. And they would take the... They would service the wrestlers. Jesus. And then they would take them home. And then they would, you know... They work for moolah? (laughs) But listen, I, you know, and I'm sorry. I'm Go sorry. Ahead. This is a. I'm sorry. This is a different day and age. And and honest to God, I'll talk to the people that are hearing me out here. Like, Uh-oh. like I'm not. I'm. I'm not kidding to you. Okay. It was a different world, y'all. It's not like it is today. And I'll tell you this too. I, I appreciate what what goes. Like I don't like the cancel culture and the political correctness to the point where you oh, can't. God damn, we're getting into, <laughs> we're getting into something serious. Here we go. Where you can't be funny. Yeah. But I'll be honest with you as, as a, as what I feel like I'm a decent human being, mm-hmm. like I'm a lot more comfortable the way that things are nowadays. Yeah. Like I understand that like women were a lot more forceful and like they threw themselves at you and like, and it was just a different, like, like there was no it's a different era, different, a different yeah, era, different time, and, and and guys were aggressive and fucking assholes mm-hmm. and like rude and just like they said. But off. you were you were you were a gentleman. Well, like I, you you no, no honest to God because <laughs> I'm I was, trying to paint you in a good picture. No, here, and, I, and I'm and I'm going to explain that to this. <laughs> okay. Too. Like this is a good subject. I'm glad we got on this subject. You got on this subject. I was just talking. No, no but. <laughs> Honest to God, Dan, like, you got to understand, like, it was a, like, it could be for a guy who was young in the business. Yeah. And I was around all these 30 and 40-year-old guys that yeah. were acting like this. Okay. It made me uncomfortable as okay. a young guy that, that that's that's a good thing to know, say. That, that came from, just, fuck you, Dan. I'm God checking, I'm checking boxes right now, I mean, Chris. I can't, I, I'm not going to tell you I wasn't a Neanderthal. Note to Dan in the editing room. <laughs> But honest to God, it's that's the way it was, man. No, I, I hear you. And and so, like you didn't like. It's good to hear Dolph go because it because it, now back then what the boys would have said, "Oh, thanks for all these. Hey, next time could you bring me some more?" Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like the boys were. The, that's why they called them marks. Because mm. you would mark them. Because you're the, yeah. conning them. You're conning them to get so, shit out of you. So to get shit out of. So them, would you would know? you say would would it be fair to say to that to be fair to be fair that the workers the boys created a monster that they didn't really know understand they didn't understand all these decades later. That this is what it would turn into. People stalking them because of the con that what happens on TV might be real. Okay, so back then we didn't have the internet. Oh, yeah? You know, we didn't have caller ID. Mm-hmm. 
We didn't have uh, Life 360 so my old lady could see where my fucking where I'm at at every fucking point in my life. Is that a thing? That is yeah. A- that's a, like we all have like my family. Yeah. My son and my wife and I we have Life 360. My wife has an app on my phone and they we all have it on our phones, so we know where each person is and we don't have to worry where they're at. Okay. Like I know I can look and go. My son's at school. Gotcha. Or if he's late getting home, I can look and go, oh. I was stuck in traffic. No, yeah. oh, they kept him late at the basketball gym. Oh, uh, okay. See what I'm saying? Like my, I'm like, where's the old lady? Oh, she's at, she's a, she's still at the office. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a way to kind of, you know, um, you know, keep yourself calm. It's like, hey, are you okay? Like, yeah. I haven't heard from you for, for a couple hours. Like, I get like that with Misty. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, my, and I don't care. Like, it's the relationship my my wife and I have with each other that, like, like I'm going to tell her, hey, listen, my buddy called me and I'm going to the bar. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, hey, I'm going to Stan's Blue Note down on Greenville Avenue. I'll be there. You know good, good promotion for Stan's there, yeah. asshole. <laughs> way, to, way to promote. What did I tell you when we first started this? Um, no, but would you say that... Maybe there's positives and negatives. If that's the point you're getting to, yeah, like, yeah. There's positives, like, positives and negatives because I think what Dolph was looking at when that woman was kept doing that and following him to locations was like her present. kids not getting college no, tuition. I think that was he was going. I think this might be getting out of hand. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? Like if somebody shows up and gives you a gift one time and goes, "Hey, listen, I know you're on the road." I mean, back when the boys were working, we were going town to town every night. Like, sometimes we didn't get paid enough to pay for gas and to pay for food. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, we would, we might be in Antlers, Oklahoma one night and be lucky enough to find somewhere to crash out. And then the next night, we may have to be in, you know, uh, Kearney, Nebraska. And we got barely enough money between Kit and I just to have enough gas to get to Kearney, Nebraska. I do remember um, after the show, I was around a but I was around a group of these fans that liked my set because mm-hmm. I pandered, bro. I sure. I opened my set with like I look like Drake Maverick, boom, big. It was like a little wrestler, little guy wrestler at the time. And uh, so they were around, and so she brought it. She was in the group, and she brought it up, and she's like, "I didn't want Dolph to get mad at me. I just want him to like me." Yeah, see that. And I was—that's the point. It's getting out of hand. Like, yeah, she's creating a she's she's creating a relationship in her mind. Yeah, that that so so. Can you describe the lady to me? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember her name. Uh, uh, older, want to say like late forties. Okay. It was, she was up there in age. Uh, attractive, not attractive? Not, I mean, no, not not really attractive. For someone my age or for someone Dolph's age, no, not not attractive. Um, dot, like, you know how, like, middle-aged women... Goaty, kind of, what, soccer mom? Or? Soccer mom looking, not, not like, heavy, not heavy set. Okay. Thin, but sagging. Okay. Yeah, God, I feel terrible. No, that's okay. Like, but like, that, you know how middle-aged women like dye their hair blonde, get highlights and okay, stuff. So somebody, she had that. The people that are listening, they need to understand that this what you're describing here. You're describing somebody that's trying to create a relationship yeah. with a guy who literally is built like a Greek god. Well, thank you. And I mean, I try. No, oh, you're talking you. about yeah, talking about doll. I'm, I'm built like a. Well, <laughs> 
<laughs> I guess I guess Buddha is a god. <laughs> well, thank. Well, you just you, what you're describing yourself there yeah, with yeah, your bald ass yeah. head. I, I'm more like a Greek child. I'm built like a Greek child. That's what I'm built like. Uh, but no, and but then there was a, another group of fans. They showed up late, and this was like I I hated this, and I hated that Dolph agreed to it because he was back in the green room. And um, it's by the way, it's been like two or three years, so I feel like I can yeah, talk about this yeah, night. Two years, I think. Um, they were. It was a dude and his really hot blonde wife, but again, older, like late thirties, early forties. Uh, we missed the meet and greet. Ah, well, you know he's not coming out after the show to meet up with fans. I'll give two hundred and fifty dollars to the Wounded Warrior Project if you allow me into the green room. Tell him I'll give $250 to the Wounded Warrior Foundation, whatever it fucking right, was. Right, right, Project, yeah. So I was just like, all right. And, and you know, Dolphin told me, you know, if anybody asks for anything, come see me. And I was like, I really don't want to fuck. So I, <laughs> so I go to the green and I was like, Dolph, some, some dude, I think, that wants you to have sex with his wife. <laughs> Says, uh, says he'll give $250 to the Wounded Warrior, whatever, if he can come back in the green room. And Dolph was just like, all right, fine. Brought him in there. They had like a 10-minute conversation. And then the, that was it. they fucking left. But it was just the absurdity and so, the entitlement. So here's, okay, it is absurdity, absurdity and entitlement. But, you know, the guy, it sounds like the guy was like a, legitimate dude like gay. no no he was very that that guy was very aggressive and uh did he give know, the money to the window warrior I mean, project I don't, I don't know i was in charge of that say, shit give me the cash buddy i i don't know because my feeling is why not just give the money to the wounded warrior project right. why do you have to have anything because like was whenever he with the kids or now he's with his hot fucking blonde wife uh. I, I do believe, I, I want to think it was a sex thing. I don't know. We're, we'd have to ask He's Dolph. Trying to, trying to get his old lady leg. We, maybe he watches. I don't know. It just had that vibe to it. <laughs> I was just because, like, you're a grown-ass man. He didn't. They didn't look like the rest of the wrestling fans. You right. know, he had a like, nice collar shirt. Yeah, like maybe they dressed well and they, they had money. They dressed well. They had money. It was, it, But it, the vibe of it felt like this is a sexual thing. And maybe if we ever run mm. into Dolph, we could ask we him. We ask him. But it happens to him quite a bit. But, like, when you said at the last wrestling show that, congratulations, Dan, you're one of the boys, like, I'm like, good, because now I'm separate from these people. You know, when you first met me, I don't think I came off as a smart mark. I came off with wrestling knowledge. I knew what an NWA yeah. tag team yeah. champion was. But first and foremost, I was the elder comic. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I feel like... If I was just like, oh, you're the, you were the fucking NWA tag champion. Let me suck your dick. It would have yeah. been a totally different. Well, and it was, it was a different, <laughs> it was a different vibe. I was coming to you to get comedy advice. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And get your opinion. Yeah. I and was treating you like one of the. Yeah. You're, you're treating me like this. Look, who is this fucking who is old, this? who's this old fucking. No, honestly, open I, re I respect people, uh, you know. Uh, who like some people will walk up and they'll they'll try to be funny at first, mm -hmm. 
And it's it's mainly with me. It's just like, hey man, just walk up to me and just be like, hey, can you watch my set and give me pointers? And then yeah, I'll fucking do it. Right, right. But if you if you if you're socially awkward, if you're just fucking weird, hmm. and I get that. I fucking sure, it I understand that with, now with wrestlers because it's yeah, and you get it with and you get it with comics too. I think you get it with all fan bases because on my Star Trek uh, uh, post, and I'm going to keep the name of the Star Trek post uh, secret. The discussion was on Seth MacFarlane. He has a, a show called The Orville. He right. wanted to make I've a, seen it. Yeah. He wanted to make it a Star Trek show. Star Trek said no. That's why it's so similar to Star Trek. Mm. But. There was a, a a person in our group that actually worked on the Orville, like a production person, whatever. And she revealed like her opinion of Seth MacFarlane because she that was that was her boss. Right. You know? And I and guess she's allowed to have an opinion. And she's allowed to have an opinion. Well, some dude, I guess, like looked her up on IMDB. And then his replied to her, oh, hey, I love the fucking production design, too, and started naming previous shows. And she said, okay, hey, stalker, could you not look me up and do that? And he's right. like, well, it's public. And I just, the mindset, like, you don't have people at, like, you know, I, I, I work at Walmart. You're not going to go, like, look me up and right. see what fucking department I work at and be like, geez, I love that electronics department at right. that certain store you work yeah. for. It's just asinine. I think no, all... the last thing you want to do is look up people that work at Walmart. I mean, some of them are nice. Um, but just I think all fan bases have it. But with wrestling, it's... it. You want to know why it's dangerous in wrestling? It's dangerous in wrestling because the con, the big con of it all back in the day, uh, fooled... America's less educated. Right. And I'm not trying to call wrestling fans stupid. No, no but... But they... <laughs> right. All right. Not no. all of us. Not yeah, all... No, no, no. No, but in the general, like, back when, it, it mm -hmm. became something that you watched on TV. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, yeah, you know, it was big in the South. What I'm saying is there are some people that it didn't click that this was a show. Right. It didn't click that was this was shoot. scripted, right. you know? And I still, I think you have some of the, like, a little, some people are kind of like wink, wink in on it now. Right. But they think that, uh, they think they know it because they watch it. And from what my experience was hanging, from my experience hanging out with you and seeing the curtain, it is very much, a pro it is a production and it is professional and the people behind the curtain our people. We're working our fucking ass off. You're working your asses out. off, but you also have families, you have kids, and you're just doing a job. And I relate to that as someone that goes up on stage and right, performs. Right. You know? And if I were to go up and I've had people, I've had comedy audiences believe everything I say, if I had to live like that, as long as, you know, some of your friends you've had to, and people were like that, Fucking, I wouldn't do. <laughs> I wouldn't fucking do that shit anymore. So I remember the first time that somebody recognized me when I was just out in public. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh shit. Mm. Good feeling, bad feeling. Um, it was. Um, it was a good feeling at first. It was a good feeling until you know it was a good feeling, but it was very very surprising. Um, I was at, um, I was at a grocery store shopping with my first wife. Okay. And um, we weren't married yet, and um, we were shopping, like at a grocery store. Mm -hmm. 
and I saw these people looking at us, like a man and a woman looking at us that were shopping. And we were going up one aisle, and they were going up another, and they were like stopped and stared at us. And then we headed up, you know, I didn't think anything of it. Like maybe they're, I don't know fucking what they're doing. They're Maybe mm-hmm. they're thinking about something, you know. And then we finally came, like they stayed there until we got to them. And then they approached me and they were like, hey, Chris, we really like you on, you know, on the on Saturday Night Wrestling. Hey. And I was like, oh, thank you very much. I appreciate that. You know, thank so you So when they much. approach you like that, that's very cordial. That's yeah, very they were polite. Very nice. But then, you know, but. It's at that point that you keep going and shopping, and then you have to go back to your regular life. Yeah. Like, you have a moment where people, like, they're like, oh, hey, we recognize you from television. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, yeah, I'm got to fucking, like, I got to buy the cheap tuna. Yeah. (laughs) Because I can't afford the expensive tuna. It wasn't anything where you were like, you continued, and then you kept seeing them around the grocery store. No, they were very cordial and nice. Because I've had that. But, uh, you know, I mean, what the fuck, you know? I mean, it's, it's, but, you know, I mean, it's funny because that's what we're actually fucking looking for. Yeah. Like, we're actually looking for, like, we wouldn't be doing stand-up comedy or pro wrestling if we didn't urge for fucking attention. I mean, yeah, but we, we urge for that attention when we need it to be urged. Here's the problem. You know what I mean? As, as an, as a, as a human being. What you want to do is to be able to turn it on and turn it off. Exactly. But you can't. Uh, I you can. F- well, no, no, I can no, no, no. Turn you it. can't turn. Oh. That you can't turn it on when you want to and turn it off when you want to. I mean, I, I yeah, I no, can. No, you can't. I fucking can, yeah, I no, can. No, you can't turn the attention off. Oh, turn the attention. I thought you meant like no, the act. No, the attention. Oh, okay. You can't turn the I thought you meant the performance side No, it's side the of attention it. gotcha. that we crave because, you know, I don't know, maybe our fucking parents didn't pay enough attention to us. Well, you know what I'm saying? I we will, don't know. I will say that is probably the reason I started comedy when I was young, when I was 18, is because both my parents were alcoholics. One of them had died. I wasn't getting any fucking attention from anybody, so comedy was a way to just like, all right, for these Somebody, five minutes. Somebody's got to pay attention to me for Somebody's got to right? hear me out, you know. But after, after the show is over and people want to still pay attention to you, mm-hmm. like we can't control the volume of the attention that we get. Yeah. Well, like we can't, we can't control what, what the, how much the people, we can't turn it on when we want it and turn it off when we want it. I will say, though, you can turn it up and you can turn it down. And for the longest time with my drinking, I turned it so, like, after the show, be a drunken mess with some people who enjoyed my set. So I'm turning that I'm turning that up to where it's just like, oh, we're in a big group of people. I got to make sure I stay funny. Yeah, but you're, you're turning you up. You can't I'm turning, turn them yeah. up. Yeah, that's true. You can't turn them up. Because you can on. alienate them. And, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can't, like... And, and, you know, imagine somebody like fucking Britney Spears or somebody mm. like, I don't know. Fucking, fucking Beyonce. The fucking rock. The rock. You know, like, he can't Dude, the, he can't, He can't go, hey, you know what I'd really like to do? I'd really like to go to Chili's. <laughs> you know, the picture, the, I really the imagery. Loved, I really love the fucking chicken sandwich with the bacon and Swiss cheese. 
at Chili's with the honey mustard sauce, and I haven't had it in years. I'd like to go to Chili's. And he can't go and turn the attention off. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He can't just go, nope, no, I don't want any attention today. He can't turn it off because he is fucking out of control famous. Ral- Ralphie May had this bit uh, the first night I ever saw Ralphie May live in Comedy, Texas. He was in town in Beaumont, small town. And he's talking about how he went to go eat at the Chili's. And it's like, we're never going to do that again, y'all. Fucking high schoolers coming up to me. Prom season. <laughs> Wearing all these dresses, y'all. And he's just wiping sweat. Anyway. But yeah, no, I get that. I understand that. I had one... one I uh, miss Ralphie. One guy. Uh, I opened... Who did I... It was, the, it was the Jim Jeffries incident. I called it the Jim Jeffries incident because that's what it felt like. It was just a... a an incident where Jim Jeffrey showed up, performed on a show I was on at the weekend. So like a week later, I'm in, oh, where the fuck was it? It was the mall. Which mall? I don't remember which mall, but I was in a mall. Uh, I, I don't go to malls often, but like, that's the only place to get skinny jeans. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. I so, wouldn't know. I, yeah, right? I, I want to get you in a big pair of skinny jeans one day and take a picture for I it. I a pair of fat fucking jeans. And I want to take a picture of it for the Twitter. Um, so I'm in the mall, and I guess this, this guy who had attended the show, I guess he thought I was friends with Jim Jeffries or something. So he walked up to me. I was in the Vans uh, skate store for like a new pair of shoes. And he was like, hey, man, I saw you... Uh, with Jim Jeffries and uh, at Hyenas, and I was like, "Oh yeah, man, yeah, cool." He was like, "Yeah, you were really funny, and that that was crazy." Jim Jeffries was in there. I was like, "Oh yeah, man." He was like, "When did you know?" I was like, "Oh, well, you know, they told me like three o'clock in the afternoon, and it was cool." He was like, "Did you hang out with them?" I was like, "Oh yeah, I hung out with them. He's a cool guy, whatever." And uh, I think he took like a selfie with me, which was like, which is cool. This is the first time yeah, anybody's yeah, taken a selfie yeah. with me. Like I'm, like I'm something when I'm not. I bet he only got like four hearts on his Instagram or whatever the fuck. But then I'm walking the mall, and I just can't stop running into him. But and, the, and you're like, hey. So the second time it happened, it was on the Starbucks, the other end of the mall. And you're like, what's going on? Well, that time, well, okay, so the second time I was just like, ah, coincidence, we're in the same mall. Okay. You know, third time it happened, it was like in the suit store. And then the fourth, the fourth time was in the GameStop, and I was like, "There's You're like I'm buying a bra. Will you leave me alone?" That was just I'm just I'm getting a Nintendo Switch game, but it was just like there. This he can't be here for the same reasons right. I'm here. Right. And then like Misty was with me, and I was like, "Misty, we we gotta go." And she's like, "Why?" I was like, "I'm pretty sure a dude from the fucking comedy weekend it's creeping on me is creeping on me." And as we were walking out. Um, I literally saw him in the corner of my eye, like walk out of the bathroom that I had just passed, and then we just fucking hightailed it, hightailed it. It was the North Park. It was the North Park Mall. We we went to the parking garage, and we didn't even go to the car. I went all the way to the top where the car wasn't parked, and then just took a different set of stairs down to the car. Probably not necessary. Cause I, but I couldn't see him, and I was freaked out. And we were in the car. I was like, sweetie, I never want to be 
famous because if that's just like a little fucking preview, right. fuck that. That's why I've just been lazy for my entire career. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't get famous? And that's why I don't give nah, a shit. Nah, fuck those millions of dollars. I don't fuck fucking that. need it. But no, but that's just one guy and that's a, that comedy audiences are the same way. Like comedy audiences think you know the person and sometimes you do but like you know if someone like jim jeffries no i don't fucking know right. that guy so you know he's very nice so, we got along so i was a i was first year in comedy that that was not my first okay. year no, oh no, yours i'm gonna tell you the story okay <laughs> this was, so it was my first year in comedy a couple years ago and I'm at my. I'd recently done a Butch Lord showcase. Okay. Now Butch Lord showcase. I miss Butch Lord. I by too. the way, I do too. Uh, he's not dead, y'all. He's not he's dead. Just, just in Arizona. He's in Arizona. Yeah. Um. So I was on. I was on a Butch Lord showcase, and you know Butch Lord showcase. I mean, if you bring a bunch of people, you can get a couple minutes. You <laughs> yeah. Know? If you're you'll lucky, go, you get you'll three go minutes. Sixty fourth. Yeah, like li- literally, <laughs> like Butch would get every fucking first year comic. Plus some First that week have, comic. Right. Let's be honest. Oh, yeah. They yeah. did comedy for three days. Butch would have yeah, them up. It was up. a month mm-hmm. in when I did my first Butch Lord show. You couldn't say Butch didn't support the local community. Oh, no. <laughs> and I bet Butch probably, within the first year, probably made, uh, I don't know, $1,500 off me, probably. Yeah, maybe. You know, fucking uh, with showcases and shit. I just paid for the He had a good idea, though. It was Great a good, idea. It was a good, actually. It was a good idea. So, Tiring. So, but anyway, um, so we do a Dallas Hyena showcase. The following week, I'm at my kid's basketball game, seventh grade basketball game. Yeah. And seventh grade basketball game. And we're watching basketball. And the basketball game is over, mm-hmm. and I'm about to get up. Now, I mean, I'm not a guy that like sits around, like because usually I got to go to work. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not a guy that like stands around and like talks to the parents. I get the fuck out of there. You're full of energy, right? So, uh, stand up, and this guy comes up to me. He comes from the top of the bleachers, comes down to me, and he goes. He couldn't even communicate it. He was like, hey, you! I saw you tell jokes the other night. <laughs> and I was like, yeah? Oh, cool. And he, like, he didn't stop wanting to talk. He just like, he wanted to let me know he was there. Yeah. And I was like, oh, uh, fuck. Like, he couldn't even verbally communicate what he really wanted to say. Yeah. I was like, God damn, that's fucking weird. <laughs> well, I, I think what that has to do with is, like, I think... Because um, he sounds socially awkward to begin Very. with. So he probably just admire, and some people do. Some people just admire other people that can get up in any public speaking type of platform and just be able to do it. Just be able to stand there in front of strangers just looking up at you with alcohol or whatever. Probably just admire you. Now, was he following you around the park? No, around? he didn't do that. See, yeah. see. Um, but, oh, before we go, bro, I went into Home Depot. <laughs> Jesus. So we've talked on the podcast before. I'm not the manliest guy. I'm not the manliest person okay. on the planet. You're going to the Home Depot for what? I, I had to install a doorknob in the new house. Whoa. No one's ever taught me how to You're install. No, now, Chris. leaping, bro. Chris, okay. So when I was. You better a, be careful. You might become a man. When I was a kid, I. I Yet fucking you were this was in the nineties. You were wrestling. So but when I was a kid, and I think people my age would agree, when your parents took you to Home Depot, 
it was so fucking boring. Right. Okay, it was, a, it was a nightmare. It was a guy. God, I prayed somebody would kidnap me and molest me just so I didn't have to go to <laughs> so Home you Depot. Had I would to be. Do Home Depot. <laughs> I'd be outside in front with my butt just pointed up to the sky. <laughs> hey, everybody! Just that's how much it didn't work. These are my parents. Does these anyone want to take me? <laughs> Anybody want to take me? So I don't have to go to Home Depot. Let you do some funny stuff to my butthole <laughs> for a minute. But now that I'm in, now that I'm 34, I walked into Home Depot and I totally fucking get it. I get it. I love Home Depot now. Yeah, you know what? The, like the whole <laughs> Tim Allen. <laughs> oh, I was making I was making those noises up and down the aisle, bro. I was yeah yeah. I was interested in things I had never been interested. I was like, "Sweetie, look, faucets. It's look like, at the lumber. It's like, it's like Dan hit puberty. <laughs> oh my god, my balls dropped. I now powder my nuts. Now I just you got to go to Home Depot. That's the initiation. You're like fucking <laughs> what? A, a fucking screw gun? Holy shit! But but and I I didn't know how how unmasculine. I guess that's a word. I didn't know how unmasculine I looked until I went to Home Depot because like four or five motherfuckers just walked up to me like I was trying to buy a car, <laughs> trying, trying to help me. Somebody's dreaming. Oh, is he's Ralphie dreaming. Ralphie, wake up! No, don't wake him up. No, when he's barking, it means he's having a bad dream, dreaming about you know fucking, fucking being being in Home Depot. I guess I don't fucking know. <laughs> but yeah, I thought I'd share that story with you. And That's pretty cool. And I fucking installed a doorknob. Good for you. Successfully. One that actually turns. It tur- it doesn't lock, but <laughs> no, no, it locks. It turns. Uh, I well, two out of three. Ain't I wired Ethernet cable. To the route because the router is a good distance away from yeah. our room, so I I wire I fucking wired it in the walls and the fucking ceiling. Like I did all that. That wow. is me. That is it's me impressive. right there. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know how to build a fence yet, but I'm getting there. Yeah, I'm that's getting a big there. step. I'm just for our masculine audience members. I'm getting there, guys. Everybody, everybody, write Dan. Tell him what a great job he's being <laughs> becoming a man. Tweet, tweet it out at us. <laughs> Counting underscore lights. Find us on Facebook. Give us a like and follow at facebook.com slash Counting Lights Podcast. And send us an email about how proud you are of me for finally growing a set and getting some housework done at Counting Lights. Uh, podcast at gmail.com this has been a fun episode this is not going to be a two-parter as you uh, hear it and this is going to be our only episode for the week Um, but we will be back next week with two episodes every monday every friday for the counting lights podcast he's chris germany that's dan dancing and this is the counting lights podcast where comedy and wrestling lock up